For May 23rd, 2018, this is episode 71 of the PHP Roundtable. Today is all about PHP 7.2, the new LibSodium extension, and some breaking changes. I'm your host, Sammy K. Powers. PHP 7.2 is out! Well, it's been out for a while now, since November actually. In fact, I'd be willing to bet that many of you listening today have already upgraded to 7.2. In fact, Jordi Baggiano from the Composer Project recently posted usage statistics for PHP versions amongst Composer users. Interestingly enough, PHP 7.2 has seen the fastest adoption rate since Jordi started collecting statistics. And Remy Collet, one of the release managers for PHP 7.2, just posted today some stats that showed PHP 7.2 surpassing PHP 7.0 in adoption. This is super encouraging to see, and hopefully we'll continue to see faster and faster adoption rates with each new version of PHP well into the future. Also, happy iced coffee day. I didn't know it was iced coffee day until just a minute ago, but I have my iced coffee with me. Pretty much celebrate iced coffee day every day in the summer. But I already had two cups of hot coffee this morning, so I'm pretty jacked up on caffeine right now. So I have to slow down when I talk a little bit because the caffeine's kind of working its way throughout my whole body. But now that we know what we're talking about, let's meet our panel. And in no particular order, we're actually going to start off in a particular order. The assistant to the panel moderator, Pseudo Bang Bang Powers, hyphen Franzak. Oh, hi there. She's, oh gosh, she just <laughs> put a bunch of slobber on my mic. Our brand new puppy. <laughs> See, it's okay. You're, just on, you're live on TV. Yay. It was on the internet, not the same thing. She recently graduated from basic physics class when she tried to grab some food off the plastic table where she, <laughs> while she was standing on the couch, and then she face-planted onto the floor. So that's pseudo. Oh, just wiping off a little s- slobber off the mic there. <laughs> We also have security engineer at Paragon, a.k.a. Pi, Scott Arsizewski. Welcome, Scott. Hey, thank you for having me. Absolutely. We also have Craig Duncan, who is an avid open source contributor. He maintains a bunch of his own open source libraries and recently took over development of PHP League's climate package. He dips into PHP internals from time to time, fixing bugs, adding some improvements to the language. And he's one of the one person that we need to blame for breaking the count function in PHP 7.2, which we'll talk about a little bit later. Welcome, Craig. Hi, thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So if you are following along uh, on online and kind of want to look at some of these features we've been talking about for PHP 7.2 or will be talking about, you can go to php.net slash migration72, all one word smushed together. Um, and that kind of shows you the whole upgrade guide for um, migrating to PHP 7.2. There's lots of migration guides for all the PHP versions up there. But if you kind of wanted to see behind the scenes process of how these features got added, that happens on the wiki page at wiki.php.net slash RFC. And if you want to jump straight down to the PHP 7.2 part where it talks about the actual implementa- uh, implementations, implement the features that were implemented, you can add the little pound sign to that URL and just type php underscore 72. It'll jump you right down to that part of the page. It's a really long page. Um, also, you can take a look at PHP 7.3 features that are kind of coming down the pipe. We'll have a PHP 7.3 episode, no doubt, a little bit later on. But I wanted to congratulate Christoph M. Becker and Stanislav Mayershev. I have no idea. I'm probably slaughtering your name. I, I apologize. But those are the two release managers that were officially nominated and brought in for PHP 7.3. So congrats to you two for being the release managers. Looking forward to many years of open source support. So that's a, that's a big commitment. So thanks so much for your uh, contribution on that. So 
Let's get right to it. PHP 7.2, new stuff. We have two awesome of the uh, two awesome contributors who added stuff to PHP 7.2, um, and one of those big things was adding the LibSodium crypto library. So uh, Scott, you were kind of the big main person pushing that through. What what did that kind of look like on your end? Like what where did you sit down and say, oh, we need this in in PHP, and I'm going to be the one to push this through. Uh, it actually started around the time uh, 7.0 was being deliberated. Uh, I think it was even before that 6 verse 7 had been decided. I decided, okay, well, uh, flashback a little bit before that. Uh, I've been looking at a lot of open source software uh, and some not open source software, finding the same exact vulnerabilities in the encryption for about a year or two at this point. And my recommendation has generally been, okay, um, just use LibSodium. You know, it makes it really easy to use it securely. And, but you have to install this PHP extension, you know, with Peckle. And most people are like, well, we're an open source project. We can't do that, you know, because of shared hosting. It would conflict with our adoption strategy. Uh, WordPress being a good example of this. That's why there's still support 5.2. So I'm like, okay, why don't we try to get this into uh, the PHP core? And, you know, I uh, suggested it in passing on, like, IRC. And they're like, yeah, you should try it. And then um, some of the people were like, uh, this is a change. I don't like change. So then I spent, like, a year or two basically going around, you know, more public projects than non-public projects explaining, you know, if you're using Encrypt, you're probably making a mistake. Here's some common mistakes. And then I would go through when people tried to say, oh, well, we're secure. And be like, well, not really. You're not authenticating your ciphertext. You're using the encrypt rand function for your IV generation, so they're not unpredictable for CVC mode, which they have to be unpredictable. Otherwise, you lose a lot of security properties. And I would basically nerd out on people. And it kept going for a while until, like, I think it was around the time uh, 7.1 was being proposed uh, when I pointed out that the uh, old encrypt library was dangerous and we should get rid of it because it's just leading to anti-patterns everywhere. Uh, including a lot of, you know, copy and pasted bad code. Um, so that happened in 7.1 where it was deprecated to be removed in 7.2. Um, shortly afterward, I wrote an RFC and said, you know, let's take Libsodium, which is a uh, very misuse-resistant res API. It's very easy to use it securely. It's um, It does simple, simply secure obvious things, like if you need to encrypt a message to somebody, and you don't know, you don't already have a session negotiated, you would use something like CryptoBox. And the API is simple. You take your message, a random number, um, your public key and their, or sorry, your private key and their public key, and bam, you've got an, a secure encryption. You don't have to deal with like uh, setting a number to either three or six, five, five, three, seven, setting padding functions or any of these other crazy esoteric stuff like using RSA. So I wrote the RFC, um, talked to some people offline, um, for example, Pierre Joy of uh, Microsoft, uh, about like things they would not want to see in a PHP extension, things they absolutely you know would be okay with, figured out kind of where the bike shedding discussions would come in if it was proposed on internals, and preemptively tried to like neutralize as many of them as I can by trimming down the uh, Sodium API to only what's necessary. And when I submitted the RFC, I was kind of like, okay, well, this is probably going to be a hot button issue. Um, and then there was like a little bit of back and forth. And 
then it passed 37 to zero. <laughs> I was not expecting that. <laughs> yeah, it was like everybody was like, yes, we desperately need a modern crypto, crypto library in here. Encrypt's been around for so long. Like you said, it was deprecated in 7.1, completely removed in 7.2, which, by the way, um, I've had a lot of questions from people uh, when I talk about, um, hey, like there's this new Libsodium, got to check it out, this new extension. Um, they're like, well, okay, so I'm on Encrypt and I've been using Encrypt for all my cryptography needs. How do I upgrade to Libsodium? Because it's not a drop-in replacement, right? Uh, no, it's not. Uh, there's a role in cryptography that secure cryptography is not compatible with insecure cryptography. Uh, for example, if you you know connect to SSL using the modern cipher suites like AES, GCM, you can't decrypt it using RC4. There are different algorithms. There are different ways of doing things. Uh, the same rule applies in general. Uh, if you're doing something securely, it's probably not backwards compatible with something insecure. So what you would have to do is decrypt messages and then re-encrypt them using Libsodium. And that might sound like a catch-22 if encrypt is gone, the version that Libsodium is there, um, you know, in 7.2. However, uh, PHP SecLib, the uh, PHP security library, the you know, that uh, cryptography wrapper that people use for connecting to SSH from PHP has a library, I think it's called Encrypt Compat. And basically, it's a pure PHP implementation that you can use to decrypt messages for the purpose of re encrypting them with Libsodium. This was actually a project I was wow. going to do, and then I found out they already did it. So I'm like, oh, cool, I'll just help out here and there. That's awesome. <laughs> no, that's great. So you don't have to go to Pickle or Peckle uh, to download the 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 old encrypt uh, extension just so you can go through and decrypt all your encrypted data and then re-encrypt with uh, Libsodium, huh? No, you can if you want. It's probably going to be uh, like several orders of magnitude faster because some of the ciphers have to be re-implemented in PHP in their compatibility library, uh, which I don't know if anybody's ever tried doing that, but uh, it, it's slow compared to writing it and seeing compiling it and letting your compiler make smart optimizations. Um, but not like too slow to the point to where you'll notice it. We're talking microseconds or milliseconds. But if you wanted to install the Encrypt extension for this purpose of migrating data, go ahead. But for people who can't do that because they don't have Peckle installed or they're not allowed to install extensions, uh, Encrypt Compat is the way to go. Uh, by the way, I am actually helping uh, Magento with this exact problem right now. Oh, really? Yeah, um, they wanted us to review their new encryption protocols for the next version coming out and also to help them, you know, sanely make migrating from Encrypt to Libsodium as transparent and painless as possible. And that's actually the uh, library that they're using uh, in order to facilitate that. Cool. That's awesome. Well, I'm curious about OpenSSL because that's sort of like another library that a lot of people will use for encryption and things like that. Do you even recommend people stay on OpenSSL or do you recommend they go ahead, if they install PHP 7.2, to go ahead and upgrade uh, to Libsodium? It's mixed. There's an encryption library by Taylor Ornby known as the Diffuse uh, encryption library. And under the hood, it uses OpenSSL for most of what it does. Uh, the other part, it uses the hash extension. So saying don't use OpenSSL is not really precise. However, if you're doing it directly yourself, or if you're using the public key components like OpenSSL public encrypt and OpenSSL private decrypt, um, I would bet 99 to 1 you probably have a vulnerability in there somewhere because uh, it turns out web developers aren't cryptography engineers. <laughs> so <laughs> it's very easy to make something that works but isn't secure. Uh, Libsodium is the exact opposite on that. If you can get it to work, it is secure. 
unless you're using one of the uh, advanced APIs like CryptoStream that's not really recommended by anyone. Gotcha. It has a couple utilities that are only for like special use cases, but in general, like the box and secret box APIs are what people would want to use. Is that symmetric encryption? Secret box is symmetric encryption. So is something called AEAD. Um, I actually have a uh, post on Paragon Initiative blog. It's like live sodium quick reference, which function to use. And if you have, if you find yourself having to choose between secret box and the AEAD methods, um, you're not really Unless you need the you know additional data authentication feature of AEAD, uh, you're not really missing much either way. So, CryptoBox is public key, and also CryptoBox Seal. That's public key where there's no handshake stage. It's literally encrypted to where only the private key can decrypt it. Uh, once you encrypt a message with Secret Box or CryptoBox Seal, uh, you can't decrypt it locally. So that's good for like storing something that can only be decrypted offline, like a credit card number. Gotcha. Well, if you look at the uh, Sodium docs, it's at php.net slash Sodium uh, for the LibSodium extension or the Sodium extension. Um, it lists all the functions that are available in, in LibSodium. And there's a lot. There's, a <laughs> there's like, uh, it looks like there's like close to 100 new functions that were added for this, um, for this extension. It's... It, to the first-time viewer, it might feel a little overwhelming. Is there any any advice you can give to like, okay, start here, and this is why there's, you know, all these functions. They look like there's a bunch of different ones, but they're all kind of similar. The way LibSodium was designed, okay, when you're designing an API, you either have two choices you can make. You can make it to where it's parameterized, where you have to say like, uh, pass in, you know, your message, your key, and then some other configuration settings like mode or whatever. Like it could be anything. It could be like your bcrypt cost. Uh, for password hashing. And these are all different things that have to be passed in you know, as options, and that gives you more knobs and levers and more room to make error. What Libsodium did instead was make each one a dedicated function. So that's why you'll have like crypto AEAD, and then you'll have like three different variants, and then you'll have you know encrypt or decrypt or keygen or whatever. And, but it looks like a giant mess until you actually like look at it like side by side and go, oh, these are different algorithms. So instead of you know passing the algorithm as a string, it's a different function. So it's very easy to uh, reason about for like an API design. And if you wanted to trim down the uh, functions being included, you can support one without having to support them all. There's a lot of subtleties that went into that, uh, but it's a little bit different from what most PHP developers are going to be familiar with. Uh, so as I mentioned, I have a uh, quick reference post on uh, the Paragon Initiative blog. Uh, LibSodium's docs itself has a uh, quick reference they added around the time I wrote that blog post. Um, and it kind of says the same thing. You know, use these functions for these uh, sort of problems. Anything else, like, there's a um, authenticated key exchange protocol called Spake, uh, S-P-A-K-E. And there's an extension to that called Alligator. Uh, you don't. This won't be on the final exam. You don't need to know the details. But um, <laughs> the guy who wrote LibSodium also wrote a implementation of Spake with the Alligator extensions. Uh, it's actually Spake two ee plus. I think is the full name of the protocol. And in order to do this, he had to support scalar multiplication over the uh, Edwards uh, curve, which is for signing, not for encryption. So there's a lot of things that were added to the API to make it more flexible over time that don't really end up, you know, it's, it's not really exposed in user land implementations. Like PHP's bindings don't have that feature. 
And some of the features that are in PHP's bindings are literally for like, uh, if you're building a secure protocol on top of what it gives you, and you just want to access certain features directly, this gives power users more tools. But generally, um, I think there's a list of like eight functions that you're going to use for most purposes. And that solves like 99% of things people who deal with cryptography will ever run into. Minor plug, I wrote a library called Cypher Suite, and yes, it's a pun. Uh, <laughs> I think I published it two weeks ago. Uh, it basically support it lets you to do uh, encryption on a database uh, at the field level and then search on that data using a technique called blind indexing. Um, most of that was implemented with uh, symmetric encryption and um, password or uh, hash functions. There's nothing like there's no weird mystical you know algebraic fields or lattices or anything. It's literally it, it uses common components that most developers who have to work with cryptography would already be familiar with. Uh, and it's a good proof of concept of you can do a lot with very simple extractions. That's awesome. Um, I want to look back at the PHP manual itself for Libsodium because I noticed that there's quite a bit of places where the, the documentation actually needs to be added. Um, and sometimes it even has kind of the the... The, uh, the API that it has listed is for the C implementation <laughs> instead of the PHP implementation for like, like MEM0, for example. Um, I'm curious, is there a way or any recommendation that you have to get people who want to get involved with PHP internals, don't necessarily know where to start, but like maybe documentation might be a good place. Like how could they get involved with helping getting Libsodium documentation up, up to snuff? Uh, I might be the worst person in the world to ask this question because the, <laughs> uh, most of the reason why the documentation on PHP.net isn't up to snuff is because uh, when I tried to access it, uh, like the system just, I couldn't log in, I couldn't edit anything, and then I couldn't reset my password, and it became a giant headache, and I kind of just walked away from it and said I'll come back to it later, and then, like, you know, work happens, so later hasn't come yet. <laughs> yes, I totally feel you on that one. So... <laughs> I think the general recommendation is to request um, editing karma for the documentation. I think there's a mailing list dedicated to that. Uh, there's definitely a page on php.net that you can find from a Google search that will uh, support, you know, how to get access to, it, you know, be able to edit the uh, PHP documentation. And uh, for anybody who is relatively new to development, I'm sorry. Uh, I know everybody uses Git these days, but the documentation is still on subversion, so you'll have to learn the SVN commands. Um, they're not yes. too complicated, but if you've never worked with them before, they can be a little bit frustrating at first. Absolutely. It's, uh, I remember contributing some docs and then being like, SVN commit, wait a minute, this is actually going to push it to the actual repo, the shared repo that everybody's on. And it's, it's just, it kind of blows my mind. It's been so long since I've used SVN that it's like, this feels dirty and wrong, and it kind of is a little bit, but... But I, but I, I'm curious though. Isn't doesn't the documentation already exist somewhere else? Where you because you had developed the extension outside of internals first, and then ported it into internals with a slightly different API, but still overall same documentation, right? Yeah, um, the extension was actually created, maintained by Frank Dennis, the guy who wrote Libsodium, who did like ninety percent of the work on anything, like at least ninety percent. Um, a lot of people will give me credit for Libsodium. All I really did was open an RFC and tell people, you know, in very painstaking detail why what they're doing right now is insecure and using this library would make it less insecure. Uh, so he actually is the creator of that extension. Uh, I'm just the guy who said, hey, you know, let's use this instead. Um, but I did write documentation as a form of like an, in the form of like an ebook 
and published it on our uh, paragonie.com website. Uh, if you go to paragonie.com slash book, I think it's the only entry right now. Uh, I had another one I was writing, but I don't think that was like publicly accessible, and it got backlogged. Gotcha. So, so if, if someone wanted to contribute docs, they could basically copy-paste from the book? <laughs> yes, and I openly, uh, I openly encourage everyone to do that. It's pretty much under WTFPL or Creative Commons Zero License uh, for the purpose of the PHP manual. Um, like awesome. Just cut and paste and reformat most of that, rewrite anything that you need to. Uh, I originally uh, wrote a, uh, you know, I was contributing to this, like trying to contribute to this for a while. I actually submitted a patch to, I think, Adam Englander, who contacted me a month ago with, like, the same question, why is the documentation so bare? And I told him the story about trying to get access to the, you know, documentation editor. And he's like, oh, okay, well, that's unfortunate. And I'm like, I have a .patch file if you want, if that will help you get started. And he's like, yeah, thanks, send that to me. And then I think he got busy with life, too. Right, absolutely. I mean, it's 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 the common story, right? Like, it's I have so many things that I want to contribute to, and then all of a sudden, life happens. It's like, ah, dang it, I have all these big aspirations for things, and then life happens. But no, but that's great. So it's good to know. So if if you're able to access the book uh, on Paragon's website, and um, you have the gusto to and the time to go in there and 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 figure out what it takes to actually contribute to the PHP manual, merge those two together, and bada bing, bada boom, you're copy pasting into the manual and becoming an internal contributor. And of all the internal, all the ways you can contribute to internals, I feel like a docs contributor gets the most like celebratoriness in the internals community. I feel like it's like if you're an, if you're a docs person a docs contributor, they're like, Oh yeah, docs people like they're the coolest, like even more so than like people who add features and stuff. I don't know. That's just been my experience. It seems like they, they're more celebrated. Um, I mean, might not be true, but that's just what it seems like. <laughs> Sorry. There's a squeaky noise going behind me. Sudo's going at this like new toy that she's got. She's enjoying it a lot, so hopefully it's not <laughs> squeaking too much in the background here. Um, well, this is awesome on Libsodium. Uh, Scott, you have any more thoughts on, on the, Lip, the Libsodium extension or any final thoughts on that before we move on? Uh, nothing except anybody who wants to contribute docs should feel free to email security at paragonie.com if they have any questions. I might have, you know, I do a lot of security work, so I'm sometimes busy, but I always try to make time for the community. Absolutely. You've done so much. You've done, uh, you've like you and I have a, a, a really cool history going back a couple of years on how much you, I've learned so much from you personally on, on security and, and, and being a better, uh, more secure developer. Uh, and I, there's a lot that you have volunteered so much of your time, um, and has really positively impacted my career as a developer and I've been trying to pay it forward with other people. So I really appreciate everything you've done, Scott. Thank you. Happy to help. Absolutely. Well, it's kind of, easing our way into some of the other features um and we're eventually going to get to some some of craig's craig, there's i mean i don't want to get into the breaking changes right well maybe, maybe we can um we, we there are there are a number of breaking changes not a whole lot of breaking changes in php 7.2 um i actually have listed looks like four here that we kind of want to talk about two of which are craig's breaking changes craig what the heck man breaking breaking <laughs> php no i'm just kidding actually i voted i voted for both of these so i'm, I'm with you on both of these breaking changes um one actually i think is one of those things that i totally would have never expected to be a big breaking change, but it's the, the change that has shown up in so many open source projects. And every time I upgrade to 7.2, I almost always run into this one breaking change, and that is counting non-countable objects, the count function. What is that all about? Yeah, I, uh, <clears throat> I feel exactly the, the same way. That kind of did blindside me a bit, uh, the, the response to that. Um, 
I mean, it came about like I, I never really, um, I, I was quite fortunate, I guess, in a lot of my code, I didn't have any counts of things because I know, I, like I say, I've since seen it quite common to be counting. Null seems to be the common one, the most common one. Um, you see a lot of counting of nulls, um, but I never had any of that in my code. So yeah, I think that perhaps contributed to uh, how I judged the breaking change and, and where I thought that was going to go. Um, but yeah, it was um, dealing at my last company with a lot of generators. We were very generator happy um, in how we, we brought a lot of the code, dealing with a lot of data, and then just kind of trained to you know see it for each and think, well, that's for each of all. That's probably countable. Off I go. Um, and obviously PHP trying to count that. A generator will just say, yeah, one, fine, off you go. <laughs> um, so that that was strange. And I, I guess it... Perhaps haven't bitten a lot of people because generally you write a new class, you make it iterable, you're probably going to make it countable as well. I guess the, the two kind of do go hand in hand most of the time. Uh, and if somebody did forget, that was probably just a bug logged against that project for them to make it countable. So it, I think it kind of went hidden for most people, but it was really biting me quite regularly. So I just kind of thought, well, let's have a look what we can do about this. Um, and that was how it was originally targeted. It was just generators. I think I just opened a pull request sort of saying, can we add something to say, no, this is a generate, you can't count it. Um, which I suppose, you know, in hindsight would have been a, a much lighter change that, that wouldn't have brought the ire of the community. Um, <laughs> but then when we kind of got chatting on internals and stuff and people were saying, well, no, actually this is, you know, this is a bug really if you're trying to count scalables, um, particularly with the size of alias coming from a C background. If you're trying to do size of on a string, you're going to expect it to say how long that string is. And it's just going to say one again um so yeah we kind of got into it on there and realized that no actually this should be anything that's not an array and, and doesn't implement accountable interface should uh, raise a warning or we discussed deprecation notices for a while but that didn't really get any traction um what scott said was interesting like you say when you when you approach internals you do kind of try and um, massage the rfc as much as you can at first kind of anticipating where it's going to go um you know, it can be an interesting discussion, but again, similarly, that it kind of went over pretty easily, really. And, and the RFC again, I think, passed with you know zero votes against. Um, so again, making it even more surprising when it was released, and yeah, people were, <laughs> were a bit up in arms about it. Um, but I, I, I see that now, as you said, I, I've dug into some other code since then and hit upon this problem myself. Um, you know, there's something that I sympathise with. But um, I think a lot of those people aren't necessarily going looking for the whole generator case and the whole case against you know the classes. They're just seeing the code broken and thinking, well, this is silly. Um, and like I say, share, share your pain. <laughs> <laughs> but it seems like a really good kind of pain, though, in, especially in terms of, of finding those esoteric bugs, right? That the, the ones that like, hey, it runs just fine, but I'm getting these weird results. I mean, that's kind of exactly what this is supposed to fix, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, yeah. Um, PHP silently going over a bug, yeah, that's what we that's what we don't want, really. Yeah, it might shout about something that is fine in you know, and uh, at runtime and doesn't really cause an issue, but still, it's better that we uh, we raise those cases where it is a problem. Um, 
Yeah, I think anytime you anytime you count in something that's not countable, yeah, that's a, that's a bug really. <laughs> totally. And the, the place that I feel like I've seen it the most in, in most of the open source projects and the projects that I've upgraded to 7.2 is where you'll have like a class. It has a property on it that's an array, but it's an uninitialized array. So it just yeah. sort of like sets the property and then later on tries to count it to see how many elements are in that array. Since it hasn't been initiated yet, it's a null and it tries to count null and it raises the warning. And that's the, the sort of the breaking changes. Lots of warnings showing up in the Travis CI builds. Um, and then you're like, oh, I should just initialize this array and it's fixed. Yay. Not trying to count null anymore. <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and that's where the the count and no you know returning zero came in handy because you know that that worked essentially but yeah the fact that that property is not defined you know doesn't need sort maybe you count in the wrong property or right so that's good it's good it'll help us find more bugs i think these are it's it's sort of a pain hopefully. like you said but it, hopefully yeah it'll help nail down some of these other bugs and, and make our code overall um better and yeah uh, <laughs> That's the intention, because at the time as well, I don't know if you're aware of the follow-up for PHP 7.3, the is countable. Yes. Yeah, brand new internal um, contributor on that one, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, um, Gabriel, yeah. Yeah, Gabriel, last name. I'm looking it up right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, but that was something that I actually proposed around the same time as the the, uh, the whole counting warnings, um, because logically, you know, you assume, yeah, we're going to need that. Can we pass this thing to count? Um, but then there was some discussion around it's, it's a bit of a shame really that it didn't get into 7.2 it's a bit awkward I guess to have the warning in 7.2 and then the work around in 7.3 <laughs> um, but it was something that I wasn't really sure about the uh, the justification for I kind of think like you know you, you probably should know something's countable or not it probably again indicates that the code's perhaps not necessarily buggy but you know needs looking at needs maybe refactoring a bit to say no I should know at this point whether I can count it or not so ultimately Absolutely. that didn't get off the ground, but that's made it in now. So hopefully yes. that'll alleviate those people that just skip 7.2. <laughs> Absolutely. Gabriel Caruso, brand new internal contributor, contributed, it, is yeah. countable to PHP 7.3. Uh, makes it a little lot easier. Instead of doing uh, doing a check for is array or instance of countable, you can just do is countable, uh, the array. And pseudo is chewing at my cord. <laughs> Don't chew the cord. You'll get electrocuted. It's okay. There's, a, there's another pretty significant feature of it as well in that some objects can be countable without implementing the countable interface. Ah, interesting. So internally there's like a count handler that they can implement and that then count will count them. But if you try and judge whether it's countable yourself, you can't actually figure it out from user land. Gotcha. You were saying earlier how it's a little awkward how, you know, you've got the count no longer counts like non-countable things and then you get is countable in the next version of PHP. But I feel like that's happened with a lot of features like, you know, having uh, return types be implemented and then uh, in 7.0 and then 7.1 have the void return type. And that hits me every time I try to like, I write code and I think, oh yeah, this will work on 7. And then I get it on 7. It's like, what's void? And they're like, oh yeah, it didn't come out till 7.1. So I'm, I'm with you there on like some features like, you're like, wait, why didn't this exist? Also like uh, nullables, um, uh, like yeah. sort of like the like you can make like the question mark string like the nobles you feel like mm -hmm. th th this feels like such a, a feature of like 7.0 but it's it's not yeah. it was it 7 I think 7.1 right 7.1 yeah yeah 7.1 yeah, yeah I think we've all just got like type ins in our heads it's like yeah type ins came with 7 yeah that's fine <laughs> it kind of came with 7 and then got got even better with each version <laughs> well that's cool so but count the that's not the only function you messed with uh, you messed with number <laughs> format as well um, changing things up all around so what was the, the what's the change in number format uh, number underscore format because I, I know a lot of us use that um, and it's in a lot of my code at least yeah, so that was a little quirk that I actually had seen in the wild a couple of times, but just kind of 
worked around. So basically, if you've got a negative number and you uh, round it to zero, it's technically by a floating point map, it's technically negative zero. And number format would display it as negative zero, which nine times out of ten, or maybe ten times out of ten, is not really what you want. Um, <laughs> but you could you could work around it by um, I can't remember what the workaround was now, but I, there was a simple workaround for it, so that's all I'd kind of done in the past. But what I do with PHP is, like I said, the generated thing was a, a sort of a selfish thing of me going in there and saying, this thing's bothering me, I'm going to take a look. Uh, but what I try and do every now and then is go and look through the bugs on there and see what's kind of um, bothering people and what we can fix. And that was a bug that was on there. It was saying, you know, I've called number format on zero and it's giving that negative zero, which is understandably confusing. Um, so I just took a look at that and I took a look at the logic and I actually had to have two stabs at it with internals. It's the first time I got sent away saying no negative zeros valid. Um, but then I found that it actually is just a quirk of the fact that it's rounded something away. So if you pass in negative zero to number format in any version of PHP, it'll display uh, zero. What was happening here was if you passed in negative like 0.1 and rounded that because it was originally it was originally a negative number, even if that number is now lost and it's negative zero, it would then display it in that case. So I got to argue it on an inconsistency. Nice. Um, and for that reason now, whether it's negative zero or negative 0.1 and you're rounding that away, it, uh, it won't display a minus on the, on just zero itself. I'd actually, uh, I'd actually forgotten about that until I saw it on the list and like you say, all, all the breaking changes. Yeah, 50% of the breaking changes in my name against them. So. <laughs> Thanks for that. They're good. They're good ones, though. <laughs> yeah, well, like I said, that was just a, a bug fix that kind of got, I think, because, like I said, the whole negative zero being valid discussion kind of got uh, brought up a, a bit more and dragged into an RFC, but yeah. True that, true that. I, the, it was interesting what you were saying, like you tried to push it forward um, earlier and it didn't go through, and then you, you, you came up with, hey, look, this makes it actually more consistent with how the rest of PHP works, and then it's like, oh, everybody supports it, right? And maybe that's like the thing, if you want to add a feature... If the feature makes the language more consistent, I feel like you get a lot more support for it. I mean, that, that, I don't know if you agree with that or not, but that's kind of what I've seen with a lot of RFCs. Yeah, for sure. I mean, there's, there's got to be a high bar to, to get stuff into PHP and to make changes and that. I think it's it's right that way. Like I say, we joke about, you know, making sure your RFCs as good as it can be, but I think, you know, there's got to be a, a reasonable high bar to clear to get stuff in there and to make changes particularly to, to stuff. So, yeah, it's, it's the right way for it to be. But, yeah, consistency is a, a big thing. I think it's one of the one of the big things that's kind of pointed out for PHP negatively. So yeah, anytime you can clear that up and, and make it act a bit more consistently, yeah, you're, you're going to win, going to win favor on internals. Absolutely. I noticed that um, Dan Aykroyd had an RFC in there uh, for Git class that disallowed a null parameter, which I think kind of had the same vein of bug fixing with countable in that if you pass null to uh, Git class, which should just return the class name of an object. Um, if you pass null to it, it doesn't just return null like you might expect. It actually returns the class name that's that it's inside of, like the scope of the class name. It's got this weird bug thing. Ah, right. It's like unex totally weird, unexpected behavior by passing null. So it's like this PHP tries to help you out and figure out what's going on, but it really lends itself to esoteric bugs, just like we were having with Countable, right? And so I, it's it's interesting. We have two kind of fixes um, that make the make you potentially run into more errors, but makes your 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 um your your code more ironclad i think <laughs> yeah for sure yeah so i presume so get class with no parameters is a valid thing is it to say what class yes. am i what context am i in right right so yeah passing no into that yeah yeah i wasn't aware of that yeah but yeah and then i think the only other breaking change was andrea folds put up a new uh numeric 
I'm sorry, converting numeric keys to objects. Um, sorry, in ob if you have an object having numeric keys and uh, or properties, and then an array with numeric keys, when you convert those from either object to array or array to object, those used to be completely inaccessible. Um, to because of the way that the internals hash tables worked with converting those things. But now you can actually access those properties. It's a breaking change, but I, I don't even know how that would necessarily affect people unless they're doing something really, really weird behind the scenes, which, I mean, hey, it's PHP. We'd like to do lots of weird things to push the language to what it's really not intended to do, but it still works. So, I mean, it might bite some people, but I've never seen any bugs show up personally from that one. <laughs> no, I don't think we'll get a, a horde of angry people on Reddit over that one. <laughs> True that. Well, um, we are uh, we're kind of getting close to the wrap up, so I do want to hit a couple more features that are popping down and 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 hit up just a few more deprecations. But um, I'm, Scott, I'm curious to hear your thoughts. The Argon two password hashing algorithm was added to the password functions. Uh, Argon two i version one point three. So Argon two that's a, a password hashing algorithm that I guess won some sort of contest for password hashing. Is that right? Yeah. Um... I don't know the timeline off the top of my head, but a couple of years ago, uh, a bunch of cryptographers and security experts said, okay, the state of password hashing uh, isn't catching up to like the latest attacks using like GPU clusters and you know custom purpose ASICs uh, to basically try to do brute force attacks faster. And we have, you know, everyone's like, oh, we'll use bcrypt, oh, use scrypt, uh, use pbkdf2. And there wasn't a lot of like, um, I guess you could say, uh, People didn't tend to agree on the same things. Like there was like little nits and you know back and forth bickering over which algorithms better and which ones uh, better in what context. So they decided, okay, let's just you know have a competition, kind of like how the advanced encryption standard was uh, standard was uh, selected. Uh, have people submit designs, uh, have hackers try to break them, and you know once we get through uh, you know the final round of this, we'll have a handful of uh, algorithms that are probably secure against all known attacks. Um, you know, with certain trade-offs. And Argon 2 was the one they ended up selecting as the finalist uh, based on uh, a lot of really um, just designed uh, details. For example, uh, one of the finalists was called YesScript, which is based on uh, Script, And it does some... It avoids some of the uh, weird things with Script. Like if you uh, put in a certain uh, salt and then you... Uh, encrypted or you hash the same password with instead of the salt you did like the uh, uh, SHA-256 of the salt you'd get the same result so there were little things in the design of S-Script that made people uh, not feel super fuzzy you know warm and fuzzy about everything um, so out of I think it was something like 30 or 40 entries uh, Argon2i uh, Argon2id Argon2d those are the th three variants uh, but basically, the Argon2 standard was selected as the uh, recommendation for password hashing and uh, turning passwords into encryption keys for basically the internet. And that finished in 2015. So that's uh, that's the like full background without going into too much detail of what happened. What this means for developers is if you're using bcrypt or scrypt or argon2i, or sorry, not argon2, if you're using one of the existing password hashing algorithms, which is distinct from just normal hashing, uh, which means if you're using MD5, you're not fine, but if you're using bcrypt, which is the password hash default, you're fine. Uh, you don't really need to do anything right now. Uh, you, you're probably fine. Just, you know, if 
if you need your sites to compromise, you know, everybody should reset their passwords and, you know, you know the whole incident response uh, dealy there. I don't have to go into that. But in the near future, um, maybe PHP 7.3, 7.4, I think the industry recommendation is going to be to migrate everything to Argon 2. Uh, and like I said, there's three different variants. There's Argon2i, Argon2d, and then Argon2id. And that comes down to an internal design decision. Uh, Argon2i uh, is meant to be timing uh, side channel resistant, which means that it doesn't uh, index anything based on your secret information. Um, there's an entire class of side channel attacks uh, called timing attacks, including something called a cache timing attack. Uh, basically, Argon2i is designed from top to bottom to withstand these kind of uh, attacks. But for web applications, they're not like your—they're not the most practical way to attack anything. Uh, so if people have been reaching for Argon2d, which is the uh, data-dependent uh, variant, but that's more for something like uh, like key derivation or uh, like Bitcoin or some other alternative blockchain uh, system. The there was a hybrid design called Argon2ID where it does two passes of data independent and then two passes of dependent. And this might sound kind of like, you know, in the weeds, but basically you're getting the best of both worlds. Um, the best attacks against, uh, you know, uh, a cache timing leak, which is what Argon2i prevents, uh, you still protect it on Argon2ID. And then you still have the g- extra GPU resistance of a data dependent lookup. So Argon2ID wasn't really... Um, specified when the RFC for Argon2 was added to PHP. Uh, it, it was mentioned in an earlier version, but it wasn't in 1.3 of the specification. And since then, it's been re-added, and it's actually in the RFC that's... Uh, well, no, the RFC, the uh, draft for the Internet Engineering Task Force. So, long story short, uh, Argon2i is fine, Argon2d is fine, Argon2id is even better. Uh, Bcrypt is fine for now. Scrypt is fine for now. PBKDF2 is probably okay, but not great for now. Uh, anything else, uh, consider migrating. Do, if we're already encrypted, say we already are using Bcrypt and we're already using the password um, functions uh, in PHP, what does it look like to, say, preemptively upgrade um, to Argon2i, if, even if we're just like, you know, we want to be a little ahead of the, the cryptography curve here, the hashing curve. Uh, what, what does that process look like? If you're already using password needs rehash, uh, the function that checks, you know, like the bcrypt cost and all that stuff uh, correctly, all you have to do is change your hashing rules and your constants for that and specify argon2i instead of password default. And I think the defaults are actually pretty fine that PHP gives you. So that's all the only change you're going to need to make. Uh, So when you call password hash instead of password, you know, underscore default or password underscore bcrypt, you would just change that to say password underscore argon2i, assuming you have support compiled with your version. I know that when PHP 7.2 first came out, some distros didn't include that support, and you had to like go to Andre's, um, he had a .dev for Debian and a, a PPA for Ubuntu, and you had to install that in order to get it to work correctly, which was really inconvenient, but I think a lot of that's worked out now. Yeah, that's the only real change you need to make is change the constant when you're uh, hashing passwords and also do the same thing when you're doing uh, the needs rehash check. And then you should be good to go. Nice. Well, we might, I guess, see that as um, uh, the, the Argon2i constant 
be the default perhaps in maybe PHP 8, I guess, like to, to upgrade from, from Bcrypt potentially? I think that, okay, if there's a 7.4 or 7.5, I think 7.4 is the earliest it could become the new default version. But for the time being, uh, the default is still Bcrypt and it's going to stay that way for a while. Awesome. Well, um, since we're getting kind of close to wrap-up time, I do want to go through a couple more new features. One, we have a new keyword called object, which was a soft-reserved keyword in PHP 7.0 and is now hard-reserved in PHP 7.2. And so that means we can't use um, the word, the name object for a class trait or interface name. But object, it just basically refers to any old object, right? Like, so... If we are trying to just uh, accept um, this object or that object, and we don't really care which one, we just say object and that type declare object, and magically it works. So that's really cool. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, it just makes it a bit easier, doesn't it? Obviously, ideally, we'd always know specific classes and interfaces that we're expecting, but sometimes, yeah, but the world isn't perfect, and saying object is better than saying nothing and just accepting anything. It's really useful for uh, working with JSON APIs. If you're using JSON to code on some data, uh, and you don't want it to be an array, you want an object, because in PHP 7, objects are a little bit faster internally than arrays. You can just say, oh, this is going to return an object, and it has like JSON decoder before the return statement. Um, and then you don't have to worry about you know, doing any kind of checks after that. If it returns and doesn't type error, boom, you got an object. Everything worked. So that's pretty nice. Yeah, speaking of uh, JSON encode, JSON decode, I don't think we as PHP developers really appreciate the magic that goes behind those functions when using uh, a duct type language. But if you use like a, a, a like an actual strict type language, uh, a friend of mine was showing me some of his code to basically just unserialize a JSON string. And it was insane. The amount of code he had to write just to get freaking things serialized or unserialized from JSON. It was, it was just, I, I was just like, wow, we have it so easy as PHP developers just be like one liner done, got this giant array or object or whatever we want that. Yeah. It just, it's, it's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, are you familiar with Caddy, the web server? No. Okay. Uh, Caddy is a web server. It's kind of like an alternative to Nginx. It was the first web server to include Let's Encrypt support to give everybody HTTPS by default. Um, the guy who wrote it, he writes a lot of code in Golang, or Go as people call it. Um, and he was showing me a demo of like a JSON decoder written in Go. But the only problem was everything had to be an object. If you tried to have an outer array of objects, uh, it would just like not decode properly. And it would like generate Go code, like it was a JavaScript thing, and it just like it was a mess. And I pointed this out to him and he's like, Oh man, I'm gonna have to rewrite everything to support that. So yeah, <laughs> there is a lot of magic built into uh, PHP that's very easy to take for granted. But uh, anybody who's ever like for example, base64 encode and base64 decode, if you've ever tried to implement that yourself in C, you'll just be like, I am so glad these functions are just there to use. <laughs> and for the record, base64 encode is not encryption. <laughs> yeah, don't use base64 as, a, as an attempt to encrypt. Uh, encoding is different than encryption. Yes. Easy to confuse those. <laughs> When you're first starting out, I did the same. I have so many places where I thought I was encrypting stuff in my code from a while ago. I mean, we're all at different stages in our learning. So really important to know early on, when you see encode, it's different than encrypt. Those are very different concepts. Same with decode and decrypt. Very different. So do some Googling. It'll help you out. Hopefully you'll hear this and it, you won't, it won't bite you um, later on using enc encoding for encryption. Um, so uh, there's a new... Uh, uh, Function or functionality that exists in PHP 7.2, which is kind of 
obscure but kind of cool, parameter type widening. So if you have, uh, for example, a class that has a type declaration on one of the properties called, uh, or arguments called array, so you're, you're type de declaring array, and then you extend that, and then you can remove that type declaration and widen its scope of what it's able to accept, that's now available in PHP 7.2, which is really cool. Again, yeah, similar to the, the object thing, like, yeah, perhaps it's not the purest, but sometimes you need to get things done, and yeah, that, that does it, and it doesn't actually violate Liskov, so, yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, just a few more quick ones. Trailing commas and group namespaces. <laughs> trailing comma train. Um, there's, uh, we've had trailing commas for arrays for a long time. Now for group namespace syntax, which like three people in the entire community actually use, uh, you can trail your commas on those. Uh, in 7.3, you'll be able to trail your, for function calls, you'll be able to trail commas, which is handy for variadic functions. We're getting one from your original RFC in each version. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I had a one RFC that was basically taking all the list syntax in PHP and saying, we should trail all the commas. And everybody's like, no, no, no. But group namespaces will take. Um, so I think with each PHP version, we'll try to get one more trailing comma in there. We'll see. Maybe one day PHP will be trailing comma all the things. It'll be like ES6, um, where I like yeah. trailing commas everything in ES6. It's beautiful. Consistency didn't win the day there for some reason. Yes. There's a list of things to add trailing commas to end with a trailing comma. <laughs> ah, I see what you did there. Very nice. <laughs> uh, one, one, other, uh, one other cool uh, feature that exists in PHP 7.2 is actually has to do with when you uh, load extensions. Uh, it's now platform agnostic, uh, sort of. So uh, if, if on like a Unix system, if you want to uh, load in the BZ2 extension, you have to say load BZ2.so. And on Windows, it would be PHP underscore BZ2.dll. Now you can just say load BZ2 extension. No matter what platform you're on, it'll load the BZ2 extension. That's pretty cool. Francois Lapuerte. I don't know. I'm butchering your name, but he was the one who pushed that through. By the way, Nicholas, Kel Nicholas Keller was uh, going to be joining us, but the schedule didn't actually work out. He was the one who uh, implemented the pr uh, parameter type widening. So uh, I was wanting to kind of go into detail with him on that. Uh, but unfortunately, schedules, schedules are hard, especially with like you start getting three or more people I mean, we've tried, how many times have we tried to schedule this one? Like at least three times or four times. And it's, it's, it's kind of tough, um, but, uh, but it happens. It happens. I mean, PHP 7.2 is like half a year old now. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. This, this episode was scheduled before PHP, uh, or I tried to get it scheduled before it even was released and be like, okay, like the next day we're going to release this episode. And here it is like six months later. Uh, <laughs> Um, and of course, uh, last thing I want to wrap up on is the, the Nikita kill list, as I like to call it. Nikita Pavov likes to have these list, this giant list of deprecations for each new version of PHP, or at least he has for the, the last couple of versions of PHP. Um, and just kind of quickly scanning through the list, um, he's, uh, these are all the deprecations in 7.2 using the underscore underscore autoload function, which um, was superseded with uh, the SPL autoloading, and they're not compatible with each other, and nobody really, I, mean, I shouldn't say nobody ever uses it, but it's sort of like, let's kind of like, let's not confuse how we do autoloading in PHP and deprecate this and eventually remove it. So um, that's on its way out. Um, create function, which is a function that was basically adding lambdas um, in PHP 5.2 and below. Um, we've had lambdas for a really long time, and um, for security reasons, uh, we're gonna be removing that um, eventually, but it's just deprecated right now. Um, let's see what anything. Else. Oh, uh, speaking of like the the same reasons why we changed uh, count and the git class for these esoteric weird things that go on. The unset cast, as you would expect, would unset a variable. It doesn't. It just sets it to null. So it's very confusing. 
it's not used as much as um, using just the unset function. So the unset cast is being deprecated and will eventually be removed. Uh, parse string, uh, another security update, um, or another security guided deprecation. Parse string, or uh, parse s underscore str, um, we use that sometimes when, I guess, parsing uh, parameters, uh, an array of parameters from, no, uh, it's it's a it's a query string, right? When you parse a query string and it puts it into an array, um, instead of sending in an array by reference, it, if you don't add, if you don't give a variable there, it just dumps them into global sto scope, which is really gross. I'm think I'm just going off memory here. I could be <laughs> I could be getting that slightly no, off, but right. I, <laughs> no, you're right. I've uh, I've actually okay, cool. run into that bug in production a couple times. You? Yeah, overwrite variables by changing query string parameters because something's doing some weird API parser and it, it gets fun. Um, unless you're the person who has to read that bug report, uh, that <laughs> change of requiring the array to be there, um, like deprecating it without the array there and dumping into global is unambiguously a good move. Uh, actually, whenever I use parse string, I write a helper method that, um, will just call it with an empty array and then return that array. And I never use it directly. Nice. I only call the uh, glue function because it's very easy to miss something, uh, to forget to pass an array, and then suddenly, oh look, you know, I overwrote all of my global state. <laughs> or if you're doing like yeah. Laravel, you know, use a lot of uh, compact and expand everywhere, so it it's kind of expected that way. But if it's not an expected result, it could lead to disaster. And True that. I managed to use that to actually get remote code execution on a project like two years ago. <laughs> So yeah, so this is a good change. This is a good change to help with these little obscure bugs that we could potentially run into. Um, just a few more. Uh, we'll just I'll just mention one more. Each the each function. I don't know how many of you remember using the each function in combination with list within a while loop to for each over an array. Um, you had to reset your array before going in there and uh, <laughs> for reaching over it like with a while loop, which is really weird, um, like really old school way of for reaching over arrays. That's being deprecated um, in favor of um, giving us more ability to change language, uh, or I should say open, opening up the ability to add certain language changes that are holding us back because of that sort of functionality being supported, which is kind of cool. Um, Frank Dennis just retweeted us again. Thank goodness. Our, our Frank Dennis, the the Libsodium uh, creator, we're getting uh, he's he's given us some retweet love on on Twitter. It's the second uh, tweet he's retweeted. So thanks, Frank, for for giving us some some uh, Twitter love there. Um, I think that's about it. I, I have some other things in the in the show notes, but we are definitely at the exact time to start wrapping up. So um, I would like to. Uh, let everybody know about the PHP Roundtable open source project that is the show notes. If you're interested in contributing, go to github.com slash phproundtable, and you'll see a repo there called show-notes, and you can totes contribute. It's awesome. It's all in Markdown. You just listen to an episode, write some notes, and then I will copy-paste those notes into the php.com website, uh, phproundtable.com website. I don't know what php.com goes to. php.net is the official website. Uh, and you'll totally get credit for you. I'll give you a shout-out on uh, live on air. Uh, quickly, some upcoming events. Well, the upcoming event next week, PHP Tech is happening May 31st through June 1st in Atlanta, Georgia. I'll be giving my talk, Let's Get Random, under the hood of PHP 7 C Spring, which would not exist without Scott R. Suzuki, who's on our panel right now, who yelled at me at an open source project that needed a C Spring. And I was like, I don't know what that is, but I don't like your code. And he was like, what are you doing? It needs a C Spring. It makes it more secure. And he taught me about it. And I'm now, ever since then, 
we have, I've been going to Scott for security related stuff and he's amazing. So thanks Scott. Uh, I'm also going to be um, doing a test fest, PHP test fest workshop to get contributing to internals. If you're interested in that, it's a free open to the public event happening at PHP tech. So if you're in Atlanta on Friday, June 1st or something, whatever that Friday is, uh, pop on and in and go to, go to this test fest um, workshop. It'll be totally fun and totally free. And I might be announcing my secret project for the PHP Roundtable, which I've been giving lots of hints. Lots of people have sent like messages and be like, I think it's this. A lot of people are actually right, but I'm not confirming or denying whether they're right or wrong. So um, let's wrap up with some shameless promotional stuff. Uh, Craig, do you have anything that you want to shamelessly plug? I recently actually just put together a new library. I was surprised it didn't exist. Um, so the UOPS extension in PHP, I don't know if you're familiar with it, allows you to um, mock core functions, basically. So that's great, um, but when you're trying to use it in testing, it can be a bit long-winded. So I actually wrote it was a project that gives it like a mockery-type interface. So yeah, go Sweet. and check that out and tell me if it's rubbish or if someone else has already done it. So where, where, where can you access that? Uh, on GitHub, GitHub slash Duncan3DC. Awesome. Uh, all my stuff is. Great. What about you, Scott? What do you have to shamelessly promote? Um, so I've been kind of in stealth mode working on something that's kind of like a web application firewall that also does automatic security updating uh, with code signing and all this other fun stuff. Uh, and I've been working on it for uh, Magento clients specifically. Uh, and I think a week or two, I'm going to be releasing it for WordPress, Drupal, and Joomla. Uh, so if you're interested in having a firewall that will only block stuff that's relevant to the version of the software you're running and not slow your app down, uh, and you want your, you know, like if another Drupal Geddon happens, you want your patches to be applied automatically, uh, check out Word, uh, web application real-time defender. Uh, it's words.paragonie.com. So that's all I've got. <laughs> awesome. Sweet. Well, our next episode will probably be either on static analysis, which I can't believe we've not had an episode about yet, um, but I'm excited about talking about some, uh, some of the tools that are out there and some ways that we can incorporate static analysis into our everyday development lives. Also, a new uh, episode that I've been kind of like wrestling in my head with like how to even like have an episode about, but I, it's going to be called Secret Secrets Are No Fun. And it's all about how do we take our database passwords, API keys, all those secrets, and deploy them to the production in a secure way. Um, we've, there's lots of different ways to do that right now. Like a really popular way in the PHP community is to use .env, but it dumps all your secrets in the environment, which is not super secure. So what are ways that we can actually um, do this as a, as a community and start migrating to a more secure way? Actually, Scott, I might um, ask you to join us for that one. No pressure to doing it right on air in front of everybody, but I'd love for you to join us on that panel too. Um, but you don't have to answer right now. But, but uh, another um, episode uh, is Drupal, all things Drupal. We've done all things Laravel, all things Zend, all things WordPress. We haven't done all things Drupal yet. So uh, we'd love to get some Drupal people on there and talk about Drupal. Um, that one's kind of slated for a little bit later. Um, if you have something you'd like to share about um, on the PHP Roundtable, something that PHP nerds care about, we'd love to have you on the panel or just suggest a topic. Hit us up on Twitter or hit me up on Twitter. I am PHP Roundtable uh, on Twitter or Sammy K. I have both of those tweeter names. Uh, you can also go to phproundtable.com and submit the form that says, I have a topic I'd like to share. I'd like to thank Craig and Scott for joining us in this discussion, and we will see you folks in the next episode. Peace. Thanks very much for having me on. PHP Roundtable is recorded live using Google Hangouts on Air. If you'd like to get more information about the live broadcasts, visit phproundtable.com. While you're on the site, join the mailing list to get notified about the next live episode. And hey, maybe even join the conversation at the roundtable. We'd love to hear what you have to say.
The theme music is provided by Bensound at bensound.com. The PHP Roundtable logo was designed by Clint McManaman, and you can find him at mcmanaman.co. That's M-C-M-A-N-A-M-A-N dot C-O. Thanks for listening. I'm Sammy K. Powers, and I hope you'll join us for the next episode.